Recast, supporting women entrepreneurs in Southern Alberta, with your host, Jenny Bourne. Welcome to WeCast, coming to you from Treaty 7 lands, home of the Blackfoot people of the Canadian Plains and the Métis Nation Region 3. WeCast is a four-part podcast summer series produced by WeSTEM, the Women Entrepreneurs in STEM program, here to support all women entrepreneurs in rural regions of Southern Alberta. WeSTEM is made possible thanks in part to funding from the Government of Canada's Women Entrepreneurship Strategy, through Economic Development Lethbridge. The WeCast podcast is here to amplify the voices and tell the stories of self-identified women entrepreneurs and those who support them across the rural regions of Southern Alberta. Please join us in conversation with women business owners and advisors from Southern Alberta as we build community in the entrepreneurial ecosystem. My name is Jenny Bourne, and I am the Senior Program Coordinator for the WeSTEM program, and the host of WeCast. I am also joined by Alyssa Borix, our technical producer and WeSTEM's event coordinator. Thank you so much for joining us today in conversation with a celebrated and very busy Indigenous business owner, innovator, and I am excited to say WeSTEM client, Kara Potts. Kara Potts started and has run Potts Painting Inc. since 2018 with her partner and husband, Stephen. Most recently, Kara has been working on a product that could revolutionize the commercial painting industry. Kara also possesses a master's degree in business administration and has over 20 years of experience in both business and construction. I am grateful that she has found the time today to share her entrepreneurial journey with us. So welcome, Kara. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, we are, we're so excited to, to have you here because I know how biz, busy you are. So thank you. I'm just going to throw it over to you and just ask you, can you give us a little bit of your background and tell us um, a little bit of how you came to become a business owner? And Sure. My journey started, I think, a long time ago <laughs> in entrepreneurial. It took me a minute to find my footing. I think in the last 10 years, I've really decided that I'm an entrepreneur and this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. But I started out actually when I went to college going into the public sector. So I wanted to work more in public administration um, with nonprofits. And what I found was I just wasn't passionate about what I was doing. And so I had side hustles, a lot mm-hmm. of side hustles. <laughs> I helped run a business with my ex-husband in the States for 20 years in construction. I assisted my brother, who's also in construction, um, with his business for seven years. And I ran a mobile coffee shop that I used to go to powwows while my kids would Indian dance and I Uh would bling coffee. So I did that. And this was all working while working full-time in the not-for-profit world? Yes. So I mostly worked for my tribe and it wasn't until probably 2015, I was in the middle of a divorce and I have six children of my own Mm -hmm. and I hadn't worked um, for a couple of years because I just stayed home. I had two children back to back. So I had two that were 11 months apart and I was trying to lose weight. I got myself back into shape and then I 
seen a need for other women that I would see struggling. And I decided to start a boot camp. So I went online, became licensed as a fitness instructor, and I started outdoor boot camp um, in 2015. And that's how I Amazing. started my children for through my divorce. And then my, my current husband and I, we moved to Canada and I was having a very difficult time finding work here. I didn't want to drive to Lethbridge. My husband is Pakeni and mm. our children go to school there. And we didn't, I didn't want to be that far from home. Yeah. So I started to look at opportunities of where there was a need. And on his reserve, the housing market exploded with funds that were received by the government of Canada to address the housing shortage. And one of the issues that I am familiar with on reserves is a lack of trades that are local to the community. So a lot of times trades come in from other areas and they're paid to do the work. They leave. Many times they don't come back to finish their work. And not to say this is all contractors, but in a lot of my experience, it's not the greatest quality of work Yeah, that happens. So my husband and I started a painting company and I, by nature, love painting. I did a lot of it in the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, I've taken a certification to become a master painter. I find it relaxing. Once we started, we started with 10 houses in 2018. We were able to, um, we had to sort of prove ourselves actually. So we had to do one house and then the contractor for the band said, if you can do another house exactly like this, I'll give you these next 10 houses. And so we did. And that's how we started. We had to, we bootstrapped our company through cash flow. Yeah. <laughs> to buy equipment, to buy our paint sprayers. We did receive a small grant through Pekeni Resource Development to help with the licensing and incorporation of our company, mm -hmm. but primarily for all the equipment material at the beginning of the job, we had to bootstrap all of that ourselves. It's been a long road to get to this point. It's been a lot of long days and weekends and busy summers, but I'm very proud of where we've come now to this point in expanding our company in year four. That's amazing. So you started off with a contract with the Pekani Band Office? Uh, yeah. Yes, with Pekani Housing Authority. Okay. And we've painted since then, <laughs> since then, <laughs> uh, we've painted close to 30 houses Wow. in, in Brockett. We have painted the new travel center, mm -hmm. the new, it was a renovated, their recovery, opiate recovery center. We also painted. So any commercial work. And then we also get homeowners. Okay. And so last year we did a couple renovations for private homeowners. So we've been very blessed in that we haven't had to do a lot of marketing um, because the workload out there keeps us fairly busy. Mm -hmm. But we have started to expand because one of our goals is to get into federal contracting. So we've just been building our portfolio because you have right. to have some sort of, you have to have at least two years to be able to show, you know, cash flow over a hundred thousand that you can actually take on a larger project. Mm -hmm. So we've been really working towards that in the last four years. So that is one of, one of the questions I like to ask everyone is, is about marketing or how you find your customers. 
So it sounds like you're in a very uh, enviable position <laughs> that you, you don't have to reach out and go look for a lot of um, clientele. So I'm curious, are you, do you work exclusively in Brocket or are you looking to find customers outside of that area? So we just started to recently do some marketing. Okay. Um, I've taken the classes, the, the, mark, the last marketing workshop that we used to offer. Mm-hmm. And I started, I put together a marketing calendar and I sat down and I'm not the greatest at the Facebook, but I see where it's integral to yeah. part of your marketing strategy. We do have a Facebook page. I was embarrassed that I went on there and I hadn't posted since last fall. <laughs> so I said, okay, I need to get organized and I need to start doing this marketing. So we have an Instagram page now, a Facebook page. I'm working on a website. I'm looking at actually contracting that out because I just don't have time to put this website together. Um, but it's very integral to our exp- our business expansion. And so since I've been I've been doing that for two months now, and I will say we've got two jobs off the reserve. Congratulations! Strategy, yeah. Wow, yeah. that is that's huge. That's great. Yeah. I, just to plug, <laughs> I didn't come here intending to plug, but I, I don't know if you know that we also offer a uh, foundations and digital media program through WeSTEM and it's, it is seven weeks long, but um, some people are doing it on their own time. But at the end of it, you have a, a working website, you have a marketing calendar, you have marketing assets. Uh, for the next month or so, a calendar for the next year or so. Later, if you're interested, we can connect about that. I would be interested. (laughs) For sure. We're not here to talk about me, though, or (laughs) (laughs) exclusively about WeSTEM, but I do want to make sure you know about that because if you're already seeing the results, that's really good. Good for you. Um, Can I I get some print media in our local communities because we are licensed and insured in Southern Alberta. Mm -hmm. So we did some print media. And I'm trying to gauge right now where I'm getting the best return on my investments for marketing. And so far, Facebook, we got two leads. So that's awesome. I try not to get us. It's, it's a balancing act for us because if I get too many jobs lined up on top of the work we already have, then we have a problem. So we want to always make sure that we're maintaining our quality and our efficiency on the job site. So it's, it's a balancing act. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. Uh, can I ask you about the the name of your company? It's very obvious. Your Kara Pots and it's Pots Painting. Was it hard to Was it hard to come to the decision to name your company that? Mm, no, I don't think so. I mean, we wanted to showcase something because one of our goals was to work in Indigenous communities. Yeah, and to work in in Pekani, there's a lot of pots. <laughs> so. We were like, what better way to say who owns the company, or at least that we're First Nations in a First Nations community, than to use the last name pot. Yeah. Instant connection. Yes. That's great. Did you face many obstacles starting your business and then growing it to this point? So in the last four years, um, if you could pinpoint one one or two obstacles that you had to overcome, it might be very helpful to some of our listeners. Uh, yes. Our very first obstacle was in year two, I became pregnant. (laughs) Um, I worked up through, I think, eight months, but there was a lot of things I was limited, right? I couldn't do their, I couldn't work our paint sprayer. 
um, had to wear a mask, respirator when we were around paint. So there was a lot of things I couldn't do. Right. So that was an obstacle because it's very hard to find painters trades on the reserve. Okay. We have tried. We have recruited. We can find laborers. That's mm-hmm. not an issue. But an actual painter or somebody that is has even semi-skills. And that was a huge obstacle. And that continues to be an obstacle for us. We've tried to recruit out of Lethbridge, out of surrounding areas. We run into the issue of either they want $30 an hour plus mileage. <laughs> Ouch. And there's nowhere for them to stay that's nearby. Mm-hmm. You know, so how we've sort of tried to address that is work through Bikini Employment to possibly start somebody to apprentice under me as a painter. But I have yet to find any candidates. So Mm -hmm. that's been an issue. And another obstacle we ran into was a financial fiscal, which was we were very busy. This was, again, in 2019. We had probably doubled our work that year. And we're waiting 30 days on invoicing and we're having a hard time cash flow in between being paid which is every contractor's issue to deal yep. with. And so we found there was like some barriers when we went to our financial institution and asked for a line of credit for the business because we were new and we didn't have any track record for mm-hmm. the company. So it took us a little bit, but we were finally able to get a line of credit in order to address those gaps in between pay, pay periods. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear you had some success. Is there anything that you know now that you wish you had known in 2017, 2018, when you were first starting your business? I would say on our pricing schedules, like mm-hmm. it's really hard to know until you get out on a job site, what you're being paid for and whether or not you're making money on it. Right. Yeah. So an example would be trade damage. We were losing money because the contractor would say, okay, it's ready for its final touch up. We go in to do our touch-ups and there's trade damage everywhere and uh-huh. they want us to fix it for free. So we had to have, it, it was like end of 2019 where we had been doing this for a while. And when we sat down and took a look at like our profit margins, we were losing a lot of money because you're talking dings into the wall, you know, from a painter's perspective, you can't just put paint on one little spot on a wall. You have to repaint the whole wall. Yeah which costs more money in paint, material, labor. And we were cut shortchanging ourselves on labor. So we had to have start changing the way we worded that piece in our contract. But I wish I would have done that sooner because we did a lot of free trade damage work that yeah. we should have been paid for. Good, good lesson learned. That's great. So I know you... You are a successful entrepreneur now and you, you claim that title, which is great. But these days you are, you're also an innovator. So I know that this is in process. So I don't want to, I don't want to needle you for too many details, but is there anything you can tell us about um, what you're working on right now and what your journey has been like so far to try to bring that to life? Sure. Last year, we decided that we needed to diversify our revenue model. Because construction is a fickle industry and you just never really know what the next outlook, you know, the next forecast for work looks like Mm -hmm. in the next year. We've been very blessed. I mean, in Canada in general, there's been a huge surge in construction across the country. So we feel very blessed, but things don't last forever. Mm -hmm. So we didn't set out to expand into painting products. It sort of fell in our lap in the terms of one day after work 
we had an idea on how to do something better because it was very annoying. And we realized how much time we were wasting on the specific task. And so we decided that there had to be something out there. And I actually looked, I searched Amazon, eBay, our, I went to our, our sales rep and was like, mm-hmm. Do you have this product because it seems so simple. Like somebody would have invented this already and we couldn't find anything. So we decided to, to design a product ourselves to address a very specific issue that a lot of painters deal with and homeowners, I should say. So we started this process. I was invited to participate in Shell Livewire events that was sponsored through Community Futures last okay. fall. And this was my project. And we started working on our business model. We started working on, you know, how we could expand our company into painting products, not just this one. Um, because what's really important to us is the environment. We know in our industry, we have a lot of waste. And we know in our industry that our imprint from paint and paint cans is not so great. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I mean, the industry has been very slow to react to anything eco-friendly. So we designed our first product to be more environmentally friendly than the other methods that are currently being used, which involve painter's tape. So that kind of became a core mission of this is to look at products that are reusable that lessen the impact on the environment, but are still efficient for a painter. It's been quite a journey. Uh, We started this last October, and by April, I was able to have all the support through WeSTEM and Community Futures to assist us in actually getting it from an idea to an actual, you know, having it trademarked, And then right now we're in the stages of having it printed through a 3D printer. And I found a manufacturer that can do our prototype. And we actually have companies that are interested in discussions for distribution and possible buying of the products outright. So we're excited. It's been, um, I by no means will say that I am experienced in this process, but it's been a learning opportunity. For me to learn how you go from an idea to actually creating it into an actual product. Yeah. And it's exciting. And we're really looking forward to moving this forward. So, yeah. It seems like that's been, that's happened rather quickly. So my goal is actually to start selling like by September to have these meetings with some distributors by September. So I tend to, I set a lot of goals. I push through and I push through and I push through. Uh, with this particular project, it's been a little frustrating because it's not moving as quickly as I want. But at the same time, I'm having to just slow it down because, for instance, okay, you run into stuff like this. I was told by the manufacturer, okay, we'll manufacture, but you have to find your material. I'm like, okay, let's start doing some research. So my business coach from WeSTEM is helping me and we're like, okay, gave me some ideas. I go online and I order some samples from Alibaba. Okay. Materials that were like, okay, we can try these out, see if this is something that works. I get an email from somebody that can barely type English that says, I'm sorry, we had to cancel your order because of something. I didn't really understand the message and good luck. (laughs) And I told my husband like, good luck. Like what? I need samples. Like, I don't understand what's going on right now. So 
I had to go back to the website and do a little bit more research on how to figure this out and actually get samples of material so that I have something to give to the manufacturer. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's all those hurdles and learning opportunities, I call them. I'm like, well, I guess I get to learn how uh, you deal with producers of yeah. material and how that whole process comes to fruition for your product. So it's very frustrating, but very exciting at the same time. It is. And as a, an amateur who has been painting my house room by room for years and feeling all of the frustrations, I, I look forward to the products that you're going to uh, bring forward that will make the, the process easier. So thank you. Thank you for that. So you mentioned that you're working with a coach with, from WeSTEM and you took the marketing calendar um, workshop with us. How did you come to the WeSTEM program? How did you hear about us? Were you looking for anything specific from the program when you first connected? I was actually referred by Community Futures. Okay. Um, so I was referred because I wasn't sure what was available. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure, you know, the Shell Livewire bootcamp helped me get to a point where, okay, I have a plan, I have a product. Now I need to know like going forward. And yeah. so they connected me with IRAP, WeSTEM, and were able to connect me with who I needed to be connected to and Alberta Innovates. Yeah. And so um, that's been very helpful. I mean, it was a little overwhelming at first because I had all these people emailing me and I'm like, okay, wait, who's who and what's going on? So Lindsay from Alberta Innovates had a call with me and she like gave me the whole rundown. Okay. These are what these guys do. These are what these guys do and how they can help you, which is very helpful because then you know where to utilize your resources. Right. So yeah. I've been able to really utilize WeSTEM in a lot of areas. They actually helped me find somebody to do a 3d print for free, which is awesome because anything for free is amazing. And then also helped with, just I filled out a small grant, right? Because of COVID, I didn't know it was available to small mm -hmm. business. And then now my next step is applying to Alberta Innovates to help pay for the customized mold and that whole manufacturing process, the first step. Right. Yeah. So WeSTEM has been amazing. And, and the workshops, I wish I could do more of them. I, I try to do what I can um, because we have five children at home <laughs> yeah. in addition to everything. So I, I try to do what I can. And the business coach is amazing. She keeps me on track, helps me, you know, do my to-do lists. And every week we have a meeting and we go through, she's also great for networking being like my second arm a little bit to where yep. I'm like, okay, there's this information out there that I didn't realize was out there. And then she'll pull it to me so I can see what's kind of available. I would just encourage anyone who's interested in starting their own business that take advantage of what is available because it really is helpful. Yeah. There are so many resources available across Alberta, across Canada. I absolutely agree. But a lot of people just don't know what's here. So I think part of our job at with WeSTEM is to connect people with all the other amazing uh, free resources that are out there to entrepreneurs. Well, and I think people, if they are interested or if they even have a business idea, like no idea is a stupid idea and you don't mm -hmm. know if it's going to work until you try it. Yeah. 
being an entrepreneur means being somewhat of a risk taker. Uh, when we started our company, we were both a little like, okay, well, we know we have 10 houses, but what about after that, right? Because my husband was working a full-time job. Oh. And it was kind of like, whew, okay, we got all these kids to take care of. If this doesn't work, what's our backup plan? What's plan B? Thankfully, obviously, we've been successful, but it's been a lot of work. I mean, and I think that's another thing that people need to realize if they're starting their own business is not easy. Like it's, it's rewarding and you feel, I feel motivated every single day because I'm sort of the captain of my own ship and yep. how much work I put into it is what I get back in results. But it's a lot of work. It's a lot of, I will go work on a job site all day and I will come home and I will enter in receipts into QuickBooks and, and do my invoicing and all my book work that I have to get done um, for, I give myself a limit one to two hours a night, depending on what my workload is. So I can spend the rest of the time with my family. Yeah. But this last weekend was our first weekend off in a month. So we pay a lot of our teenagers to watch our baby work weekends. And I guess when they say work hard, play hard, when you own your own business, that is exactly you work hard. And, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to, we took our family to Calgary Stampede. We were able to make the time. But we wouldn't have been able to do that, right, if we didn't work hard in order to do something where you can take five children by five wristbands, very spendy, at Calgary Stampede. So there's benefits to it. And as long as you, there are some days where I feel unsure, especially with this um, new business expansion, Mm -hmm. I'll wake up and be like, okay, what is my next step? What am I supposed to be doing today? What am I, you know, who am I supposed to follow up with? But you just stick to your plan. Very integral to have. I mean, you need to have a solid plan. And it changes. It's ours changes all the time. What our focus becomes, like for our painting company. So right now, my husband and I were just talking about this because we got two leads from Facebook. My husband's like, hmm, you know, maybe it's time to start really focusing money on marketing. And what does that look like? Right? Yes. Off the reserve. Like, what does that look like for us? And I learned a valuable lesson from WeSTEM, actually. I had a meeting with, I think it was Paloma and Suzanne. Okay. And they said something to me that like, like hit a nerve. You get burned out if you don't focus on the business for the business. And so utilize your energy where it's most important. So hiring a bookkeeper, I did that this year because it just got to be too much. Um, I did start to feel a little rundown from everything, trying to hire a painter so that I don't have to be on site as much. That was very eye-opening. Focus on the business of the business and learn how to delegate and utilize your resources efficiently. And then you can go to the Calgary Stampede and actually enjoy it instead of having your mind elsewhere, right? Instead of stressing out about what, yeah, what you have to get done. Um, make no mistake, we worked, we left Friday night, but we worked until Friday at like three. <laughs> yes. And then we're like, everybody just be packed because we got to go, we got to go, <laughs> you know, but we couldn't take the whole Friday off, but we were at least able to get up there Friday night and Saturday night, you know, That's it's, fantastic. It's, it's enjoyable. We, our children work for us, our older mm-hmm. kids. So we're teaching them a skill. I'm pretty proud of that. Funny, on, we were on a job site and my 15 year old was prepping a floor. 
Mm-hmm. And the contractor was on site and he so told her, stay in school. If you don't like doing this, you better stay in school. And I was a little offended by that. Yeah. And my daughter said, my mom has a master's degree and look what she's doing. <laughs> awesome. And I, I told my daughter, I said, trades are important. Trades are a skill. Not, mm-hmm. not everybody has. And also, I said, at some point in your life, if you ever end up in a divorce, per se, and you have to figure out how to make some money, mm-hmm. you can walk onto any job site and get hired with any painter because you know how to prep. Yeah. So I try to instill that in my kids. You know, trades are really important. I grew up, my dad was a general contractor. I grew up in construction. My uncles, my dad was a custom framer and built custom homes. My brother does that now. So to me, construction's always just been part of my life. And it is a trade. It's a skill that I think is important to pass on. And I think people forget that trades are education, especially if you want to be like a red seal carpenter. You took that you said you became a master painter. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's these are skills. You're having problems finding people to apprentice because it's a skill. It's education. People need to dedicate the time. Yeah. And, I, and I, it's important. My brother says that. My brother's a custom framer and he says that it's important to apprentice, but he yep. has the same issue that I have, which is finding people that are interested in actually learning the skill and the yep. craft. You know, it really is. My biggest pet peeve, I've learned, I also learned a hard lesson in human resources when you own your own company is do your due diligence and always put a probationary period <laughs> because I've had people come on, they say, oh, I have a strong attention to detail because that's my minimum, right? Mm -hmm. I just need you to have a strong attention to detail and show up to work and I will train you. I will train you how to do this and explain the whole painting process. And a lot of times that is not the case. They don't show up for work or they're sporadic or they come to work and they do a sloppy job and then I end up, I lose money because I end up having to clean up a mess, right? Yeah, I know it sounds. Do it. Yeah, it's just like even taping a floor, and this is my my girls finally have it down pat. They're amazing prep people. But if you put tape on a trim when you're laying paper on a floor, and you get it on the trim a little bit, and I spray that when I rip it off, it's going to pull the paint off of that spot. Yeah, and then I have to fix that. So that part is very difficult for us. Like we we go, but it's just part. It's just nature of the beast. I think you can't really get around. That yeah. piece of it, you know, um, we we had a couple of people that were really good, but they weren't interested in painting. Yeah, but it's great that you've learned that, right? So now you can put that into your hiring contract, as you said, you put those probation periods in there, right? Yes. So that's important because if somebody just doesn't the right fit, you know, that it's not going to work out. Yeah, and you're just going to waste your money, and you're going to get yeah. frustrated, and there's no point, you know. Because I've had people just show up that they just want a paycheck, right? They just, that's, and there's really no integrity in what the work we're doing. It's like you, then you feel like you're babysitting and you're wasting your time babysitting. I always say my time is valuable. My time is money. So I have to be careful where I spend my time. And if I'm having to babysit somebody after like two weeks, a month, you know, we got a problem. So I look for self-starters. I look for people that can work independently and have a strong attention to detail but it's not as easy as you think. So um, just that I grew up around construction as well. Um, My father was a plumber. 
Um, then he became a full-time firefighter, but always had a construction company. So since I was 10 years old, I was on construction sites, you know, grouting bathrooms and such. But, you know, you've been in construction in the industry for over 20 years, and it is extremely male dominated. So um, I'm just very curious if you feel that your experience as a as an entrepreneur has been different than others in your field because you're a woman or because you're an indigenous woman? Yes. 100% (laughs) yes. My husband and I were just talking about this the other day because one of the, we just did a bid for this lady on our house. Mm -hmm. And she said, I was interested in your company because I see that you're a woman. And she said, men sometimes make you feel stupid. Like you don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so I told my husband, that's kind of cool. It's the first time ever I've ever heard that because generally what happens is you're looked upon as that you don't know what you're doing, that you don't know how to order that much material, or you don't know how to bid out a job because you don't know how to read blueprints. I've had this blatantly in my face. When we Mm -hmm. bid out the project for the travel center, the contractor was out of Calgary. And when we went to deliver our paint, he said, well, how did you know how much paint to get? I said, you sent me the specs. (laughs) Well, are you sure you ordered enough paint? Yes, I am. Unfortunately, I mean, that's part of this industry because it is male dominated, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, like my husband, they'll think he's the primary contact for a company, that he's the one that does the bids and does the, you know, and he's very kind and awesome. And he'll say, no, that's the boss. Yeah, talk to Kara. Yeah. But a lot of times that's what happens or else I don't get taken seriously. So when it comes time for pay, I've had contractors brush us off. And I'm making phone calls and I'm trying to get us paid and not taking us seriously. And it's been on those times where unfortunately, I mean, I have to ask my husband, I'm like, you're going to have to talk to this person, this guy, because he's not taking me seriously. He sure gets a different response than I do. So it's definitely, I I will say though, when I first started, (laughs) when we first started in Brockett, I freaked out all the men. None of those guys would talk to me, not the electrician, not the plumber not the laborers that were doing the siding. None of them might be like, hi, good morning. Nobody, except for one guy that did the tile and he Uh started to visit with me. And I told my husband, that's so weird. Like what, you know, and he's like, you're the only woman that's on the job site. And they're probably not used to seeing a female on the job site. But over the years, um, I do get treated with respect out there. I get treated, you know, they don't treat me like one of the guys, but they visit with me and, I don't get special treatment, obviously, but it's nice. So it's just generally when I'm working with contractors that come in off the reserve, yeah, where I tend to get some pushback and I tend to get treated like I don't know what I'm doing. Thank you for being out there in the forefront, breaking down those those stereotypes for the rest of us. I, I really appreciate it. So well, and I think that's why a lot of young women, I actually have four young women on my crew right now. Amazing. And I try to encourage them. Not everybody is cut out to sit in an office. Mm -hmm. Not everybody is cut out because I have a couple that are 18, 19, 20. Yeah. They don't really know what they're doing with their life right now. Yeah. They're not really sure what their path is. You know, I, I take that opportunity as a mentor just to say you can be a painter or you can be a business owner. You can start your own small business. You can find opportunities. But what I really try to instill is work ethic because like I tell my children, like you don't get anywhere in this world without having a strong work ethic and being able to work for what it is you want, right? Yeah. 
I, I think more women need to get into the trades and I think we could start trying to change some of the environment maybe. I don't know. Men are men are interesting creatures when they get yeah. in ways. <laughs> I guess that's true. There you go. The humanity. Well, uh, people don't take seri- painting seriously, which is another thing. Yeah. Gets under my skin because we're the ones that make the finished carpenters work look good. You know, I've went yeah. behind some pretty crappy finished carpenters and I've had to make it look good to where it'll pass an inspection. Yeah. And I do have like one of the contractors out there that we work for, worked for for the last four years. He loves us. I have never failed an inspection. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is because of the paint. We also drywall. Yeah. Oh, so okay. Because of the drywall, we texture ceilings. Mm-hmm. And I am very OCD to a point to where I want to make sure it's showroom ready, right? I I wanted to start making money off doing my touch-ups um, because I felt like we were losing money on that spectrum. Yep. So what I did was I started offering construction cleaning. So saying, okay, well, when we do our touch-ups, we're like the last trade in the in the dwelling. So if we construction clean 50 cents a square foot, basically just shot backing all the sawdust and wiping everything down, yep. um, we could make it showroom ready. So most of the contractors we work for, they 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 are like, yeah, do it. So while we're touching up, we're also cleaning and getting paid for that. So it was just kind of a creative way to not lose money on doing our touch-up work. That's very smart. That's good. And the paint jobs are so important. Like, as you said, if there's a bad paint job, it will destroy the entire room, right? So yeah, you can't belittle that trade, I don't think at all. But yeah, so one, one last question for you. What I know you're very busy. I know you've got a lot of things in the works, but very generally, what does the road ahead look like for Carapots? It looks busy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're really excited. I'm very excited to start being able to sell our product. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping within the next like two to three months, I'll be able to start actually doing some pre-sales. Yeah. And move into that journey. On the painting side, we're moving towards, I really am focusing on trying to get us into federal contracting. Mm-hmm. So whereas we're looking at one job per year versus like 20, right? Right. For the same amount of revenue and yeah. less work on our part. Um, in our business plan, we have year five, which is next year. So yep. we're really gearing ourselves up to be able to compete. We've already bid on two huge projects one in Lethbridge and one in Calgary. So fingers crossed. But yeah, and I think that, and as a side hustle, I'm starting a coffee shop. So yeah, pretty busy. Well, it's very exciting. There's no drive through coffee shops around this area. Besides mm-hmm. Tim Hortons, which I don't consider an actual coffee shop. So yeah. I bought my own espresso machine because I just got really frustrated. Yeah. Nothing near around. So I bought a trailer and had it fabricated and we are, and, and we would like to, now that everything's opening up, go to events, like when we have time, but we also yeah. have, what I'm more thinking about, to be honest with you, is the, the kids, the 16 to 24 year olds on the reserve. You have no idea how many of them call me looking for work. I can't hire all of them, but they're looking for a job. Yeah. You know? And there's definitely the labor there to support this little coffee shop. I mean, I'm not looking at becoming like a coffee queen, but um, just something that can offer like a little small business and provide some jobs for some kids. 
Right. And also make great coffee because it would be amazing to not have to make my own every morning. I would love that. <laughs> That's fantastic. You you <laughs> recognize the need in your community and you're filling it. That's fantastic. I feel like I should wish you good luck, but I also feel like you don't need my wishes of good luck. It sounds like you're you're on a mission and you're you're doing well. So if anyone wants to reach Pots Painting, what's the best way for them to contact you? They can go to our Facebook page. Okay. At, at Pots Painting. Inc. Okay. And our phone number is listed on our Facebook page. Okay. Which is probably the easiest way. I hate to admit this, but my phone is like glued to me 24-7. So I always answer my phone. I'm very responsive. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Kara. Thanks for sharing your journey. There's a, a lot of inspiration here for a lot of people, I think. So uh, you're, if you're... If anybody so- ever wants to just reach out, mm-hmm. I mean, I do do a little bit of business mentorship. I have a couple of people on the reserve that have asked me to help them kind of start up a small business. Yeah. So I'm just helping them like with their plan when I have time, like they'll send me their drafts and I'll help go through it. And they're a little hesitant, scared. And I tell them one's a, a this woman and I'm like, you need to call Wisdom. Like you need, <laughs> to, you need to get a hold of those ladies because they're going to help you. Thank yeah. you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Kara. So everyone, if you need some painting done, uh, in Southern Alberta, you can reach out to Pots Painting uh, at Pots Painting Inc. on Facebook. And you can also reach out to Kara for a little advice as a woman entrepreneur in the area. So thank you, Kara, so much. Thank and good you. luck. Thank you for having me. Thank you again to Kara for joining us this week. Just like our last episode, we are going to take a few minutes right here at the end to go over some of our frequently asked questions. The first one up is, are there any programs that WeSTEM offers that I can take on my own time? Yeah, that is uh, a question that many people ask because everyone has a different schedule. It's hard to, to make it to all the workshops. So we do offer three different programs that are completely self-paced. One is uh, offered through the Finance Cafe, and it's a financial literacy program. Uh, The other one is a programming course called Programming with Ruby that's through the Windex School. And then the last one is offered by Carrie Drennan called Mastering Your Mindset. And through that program, you really get to know your own personal strengths and weaknesses and how you can utilize them in your business as an entrepreneur. But we also have sometimes in our other regularly scheduled programming, sometimes it's possible to look at the recordings and to kind of go through the material on your own and then connect with the facilitator or the advisor afterwards to circle back. So we do have three self-paced programs, but we do have others that are flexible. So if you ever want to take a program and you're worried about it not fitting with your schedule, just reach out to us and we'll help to accommodate you. Awesome. And the next one is kind of a big one. What should my first step be when connecting with the WeSTEM program? That is probably the most common question. So there are a bunch of entry points. I know some people look at our name and think that they need to be a a scientist or a doctor to come to our program. And that's not true. We're here to support women at all different stages of their entrepreneurial journey and in different, many different fields. So there are a few different entry points. Um, so come wherever you are. You can reach out to us 
through our email, we stem at chooselethbridge.ca. And that way we can connect you with a client intake coordinator and they'll talk to you and see what your needs are, answer your questions. We also have a survey on our website. And if you fill out that survey, we'll reach out to you and set up a client intake. And then, as I mentioned, uh, you can just come to one of our workshops or one of our programs. So if you register for one of our workshops, then you will be connected to us and we will stay in touch and help you any way that you want. And of course, the schedule of our events can be found on our website, on our event calendar. WeCast is a production of the Women Entrepreneurs in STEM program. WeSTEM is made possible thanks in part to funding from the Government of Canada's Women Entrepreneurship Strategy. For more information, visit our website at westem.ca or contact westem at chooselethbridge.ca. Thanks for listening.